You're watching and listening to Peak to Pit, Allie Peak, TJ Pittinger, talking college football. Uh, it is the beginning. I mean, I guess that there's been a couple of games, but the beginning of bowl season, which is one of my favorite times of the year. I don't know. I can't remember, TJ, if you're one of the ones that thinks that there's too many bowls or just the right number of bowls. But for me, give me all the games possible before we go on, you know, an eight month hiatus of no football. Yeah, no, I do not think that there are too many bowls. Uh, I'm not one of those people. I will watch, you know, Toledo on a Tuesday in December at 2 p.m. Any, any day. Yeah, like that's, that's, that's perfect same. to me. I do think, and we had this debate last week, I do think the bowls are becoming more and more meaningless. You're having yeah. more and more guys opt. So I don't like what's happening to bowl season. Right. Um, I think that uh, I've, I've been a longtime proponent of, of not expanding the playoff. Right. Um, but I do think that expanding the playoff would keep more and more kids from opting out. Right. And so, I, you know, but anyway. I'm, I a wish fan, that, I'm a fan of bowl season, but I don't yeah. like what's happening to it. Yeah. It's becoming I wish less and less interesting. It was more um, valuable, right? Like if it wasn't, I, I, I feel like you're right. Whereas if you're not in the playoffs, but you're one of those teams that were like, let's say, six or eight, you know, right underneath the four that make the playoffs, you're completely disinterested because you think you had a shot to make it and you just missed it and you're whatever. And I, I get that argument. I just wish there was a way for bowls to be valuable and the playoff to continue. I guess that would have been the BCS, which we tried and was pretty successful, but we changed. So here we are. Um, I almost yeah, I think, think that, go, go ahead. ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, I almost say think <laughs> sorry, we, we did it again. Yeah, and you get into some of these bowls and stuff, and you know, so you're um, what is the Rose Bowl? So the Rose Bowl this year is uh, Ohio Utah State, Utah, right? And Ohio State, right? Yeah. So Ohio State's aspirations—it's exactly what you're talking about, right? Now, I don't it's know the playoffs, what kind of, and it's Utah Super right. Bowl, essentially, right? Oh, now I don't not saying Utah definitely wins or anything like that, no, but if I'm Ohio but State, they have I'm a lot playing more to play for, for absolutely. I was playing. Mm -hmm. In that Michigan game, I was playing for a chance to go to the playoff, right? If they win that right. Michigan game, they're in the playoff, assuming right. they win the next week in that Big Ten championship, which they surely do. Right. So, and Utah was an underdog. Oregon was right. supposed to win, right? And they beat Oregon, uh, beat their brains in twice. And so Utah getting to play in the Rose Bowl is massive for them. And so, yeah, you've got one team that's probably disinterested. You've got a Utah team that lost to Oregon State. And yeah. San Diego State earlier this year, you know, so you got a couple lost Utah team sneaks into the championship, gets to go to the Rose Bowl. It's not going to shock anybody if right if they make it. You know, you look at last year, you look at Florida um, before the LSU game had playoff aspirations, and then within a matter of two weeks, you lose to LSU in dramatic fashion. You lose to Alabama in a close game. And how motivated was Florida to be there? Some of their best players right. opted out. The guys right. and Oklahoma on the other side did look like they cared about being there. Now, I don't right. know what the big difference was there, but anyway, yeah, I just because the Bulls, you know, yeah, I, I hate what they've become. Yeah, I I love Bulls, but you're right. I'm not a big giant fan of what they have become. Um, let's, although I am kind of excited, nervously so, which is interesting for uh, Florida's. Uh, bowl game. They are playing in the Gasparilla Bowl. They're playing UCF. Um, 
I don't know that Florida really has a whole lot that they can gain in this bowl. I think they have a whole lot they can lose, which is really not a desirable position to be in. Florida beats UCF. It's like, great, you beat UCF. That's what you're supposed to do. Florida loses to UCF and, you know, it's a bad look, right? And this is a team who is going through transition to a new coaching staff. They don't even have a full staff right now of the previous regime coaching them. There's a handful of guys that are opting out. There's a handful of guys that are entering the transfer portal, some of which are playing in this game, some of which are not. Um, Not in general, a giant fan of people who have already said that they're going to the transfer portal, getting an opportunity to continue to play for the team that they're leaving. However, in Emory Jones's case, it makes sense. One, Florida doesn't have a quarterback who's really had a single meaningful rep because Anthony Richardson is out if Emory doesn't play. And also, I think that he has handled um, the quarterback controversy at Florida this year with complete and total class. I don't know that there is anything I could say that he should have done differently. So I feel like he's earned it. I honestly think that Florida may get some good play out of him because this is essentially his audition for his next team. And, you know, that's kind of true for all of these Gators, which is the only reason that I think that Florida has a shot in this game. If, if there was not a coaching, they're also just much better than you see. Well, they are right. Like, I mean, Jimmy's and Joe's right. Uh, Florida's Jimmy's and Joe's are better than UCF's Jimmy's and Joe's, but this lining up these excuses. Cause I got, we're coming next week when y'all drop this game. So, well, listen, if (laughs) if Florida didn't, wasn't going through a coaching staff transition, which also makes this, this game harder, but I would be more likely to think that UCF would win this game. But I think that there's a whole lot of guys who are really interested in putting on the best performance possible for their new head coach who will be on the sidelines. So I think that that could be a motivating factor for them. But, you know, this should be, at least on paper, a really good game, right? This is a UCF team who has won, I believe, five out of the last six games. They really started the season kind of slow. They're trending in the right direction. Um, their defense really kind of got shored up as the second half of the season went on. They're they're allowing like 17 points or less a game um, at this point, which, you know, that's a pretty darn strong defensive performance. Um they have uh, Tatum Bethune, who is a uh, linebacker that he's got team high, 101 tackles, two interceptions. He's kind of like the heart and soul of UCF's defense. And he is going to be looking for Pierce. You know, he's going to look for Malik Davis. He's going to be looking for Emory Jones to, to mess up. So, uh, you know, I think that it's going to be a good game. Florida should win it, but I definitely am not going to sit here and say that Florida's going to pound UCF. Um, you should watch your phrasing on saying that anyway. You've been getting in trouble the last couple of weeks that we've been doing these shows. Uh, yeah, I mean, Florida's, Florida's a consensus, you know, I mean, just everywhere they're a touchdown favorite, you know. But, yeah, I think that I think that it should be a good game. It should be uh, a close game. You know, Florida's not blown anyone out this year. No, Florida and Florida played, is you know, trending Florida's, in the wrong direction, and UCF is trending yeah. in the right direction. Fortunately for Florida and what's um, – you know, what's a struggle for UCF is UCF's quarterback went down early in the year and that's really where they started to struggle. They, you know, he was intercepted on the last play of the game against Louisville. 
um, and and also injured on that last play of the game against Louisville. They lost the next week a close one to Navy, um, got blown out by Cincinnati, who is in the playoff, and then really off game against SMU. Right. But otherwise, they've they've handled business. I mean, they played USF a little closer than they should have. You know, they've escaped a couple of close games that they shouldn't have. But yeah, I mean, they're eight and four for a reason. And I, you know, right. I I think that, like I said, Florida's not blown anyone out this year and they've right. in fact they've you know gotten blown out in weird games that we wouldn't expect right like right. south carolina and stuff like that but yeah i mean i i think that it'll be a close game i think that a big big factor is how well emory plays yeah you know if well if which is for, interesting because if, ucf's defense is uh is really good with takeaways and so since uh, since emory is so uh, interception prone, that could be one of the keys to the game to pay attention. If UCF continues the trend of being successful at taking the ball away, <laughs> if Emory yeah. continues the trend and of giving the ball away, that's not a, you know, that's not a good stat for Florida. Their, their defense is, their defense has played really, really well outside of that one game that you mentioned um, that they've lost in the last six. So uh, gave up seven points to Memphis, gave up seven points to Temple, gave up 10 points to Tulane, gave up 13 points to UConn. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, 17 points to UConn, 13 points to USF. So keeping teams at 17 or less, I mean, that's a great way to win. Now, not that any yeah. of those teams are world beaters. By no, any means, but if my but team is only giving up 17 yeah, points, seven I expect points a to game. win. Right? All I mean, of those teams are as good, if not better than – who was it that you guys gave up? Sanford, you know? So, like, I don't – you know, I think that, you better know – Better than Sanford. Yeah, I would hope, right? I would so, hope too, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think it really comes down to how well Emory plays. If yeah. Emory Jones plays the entire game against Florida State, you know, I don't I don't think that they I don't think that they win. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's really what what kept Florida State in it when Florida State's quarterback was also out, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think that uh if he plays about like you did against Florida State, you guys are going to lose. If he plays better than that, you guys have a great chance to win. I mean, I, that really is all it comes I'm down to to me. Because there's, there's nobody to go to without him, right? Like, if yeah. he throws three interceptions the first half, again, you know, I don't do, – does Florida State have a better defense than UCF? Like, I don't uh, know. I, yeah, I don't I'll, know. Maybe – probably more talented, but, like, I don't know whose defense is truly better. But, like, yeah, I mean, if he plays poorly again, you guys are going to lose. Like, that's just – that's just all it is. Yeah. If he if he plays well, then I think it'll be a close game late. And you know, I, I do think you know you mentioned the motivation factor for um, for Florida. I think that motivation factor exists for UCF too. Me too. They're the guys. Oh, yeah, they're the guys I that do. are disrespected, and you didn't mm-hmm. make it into a Big Three school, or you didn't make it into Florida, and like, yeah, this is their time to pr- to just show like, that they belong. Just, yeah, and, just like you know, when Florida their fans State played, want this. Sure, absolutely. This is the best time to get them. You, you know, you. I mean, this is a great year to get Florida. They were six and six. They were terrible this year. You know, they didn't yeah. beat anybody with a pulse. You know, and so right. like, yeah, I think that you'd, you'd want to play them in a in a year they're down, a year that they're transitioning coaching, a year that a bunch of guys are opting out, a year that the yeah. best quarterbacks hurt. I mean, well, yeah, this is like the best scenario ever. You know, right. you don't have to go to the swamp. Yeah. Like this right. is great. Like this There's is like the be best. Pretty close to a 50-50 crowd. I would uh, I would assume 60-40, something like that. You know, it, it's it is best case scenario for UCF. It um Florida's defense, who admittedly hasn't been great towards the second half of the season anyway, but really did pull it together for Florida State and play a decent game, is going to be um 
pretty decimated, though. You know, Zach Carter, who I would say is probably the single best defensive player on Florida's team, has opted out. Um, they've There's a couple different guys. Uh, uh, Mahmoud uh, Diabate is uh, transferring, so he won't be playing in the game. Um, Elam is playing, which is nice. And, and, um, that should be a huge help. Rashad Torrance is, is going to be playing as well, but truly Florida is going to be missing pieces, whether it's because of transferring, whether it's because they just chose to opt out, whether it's because of injury, whatever Florida's defense that already wasn't awesome is going to be missing some of its key pieces. And so, uh, you know, at full strength, I don't really know that I think this is a, um, a contest, but and Florida still should win. I don't know about but... that. I don't know about that. I think that if UCF had their quarterback, if, if UCF had Gabriel, I think it's a good game. If yeah. it's a neutral field, UCF has their starting quarterback. Mike think it's a good game. has done a decent job for UCF, actually. Though he's, I mean, I he's don't. Done, he's been he's done serviceable fairly, for sure. He's done um, fairly well, but like you know, they're just a different team. Like they put up. They put up 36 against Boise State week one. They put up 63 against Bethune Cookman. I know that's a lower level program. They put up 35 against Louisville, his last game. And then from there, their scores have definitely dropped off. So yeah. he's been good. Well, they've got they an injured running back and an injured wide receiver yeah. as well. So I, it's I think a full string. Had some... I mean, UCF, to me, UCF's every bit as good as. I mean, UCF's better than some of the teams that you have struggled with early and late, right? Like, I, I don't think UCF is. UCF's Missouri happened on a neutral field. Like, I don't know that you know, one of those teams is way better than the other UCF, yeah. South Carolina. I don't know that yeah. one of those teams, UCF FSU probably about the, I mean, again, yeah. about the same level. And all of those were like three point yeah. games besides. I mean, South, so like, I think, I think this would be a, this would be a good game either way. Yeah. Now, if UCF played UF last year. Yeah. I mean, you guys probably beat them by 40, but right. This year, yeah, I mean, it's, a very it's off UF year. definitely go. Oh, it is. It's this is a best case scenario for UCF. This is a pretty close to a worst case scenario for for Florida. Like I said, I do think that they have a little bit more motivation because they're playing for the new coaching staff than they would uh, if otherwise. But this is not an ideal situation for Florida. This is not a game that makes me feel good. I don't think that there is. I, I think that there should be a talent gap. I think that there is a talent gap. I don't know that I think that talent gap is going to play um as much in Florida's favor as it should or or could. I think this is going to be a close game. You know, I, I really think it's gonna be a very close ball game. Yeah, I also worry about um Florida's buy-in. I've already yeah. got a bunch of guys. You don't actually out. worry. You hope that they aren't bought in at all, but I don't know, man. We're probably going to Bush Gardens tomorrow night. So I, you know, we'll see if I even get to see it. <laughs> we um, did that on Monday night. Yeah. So um yeah, I don't know. I, I worry about Florida's buy-in, right? Yeah. Like if things start to go the wrong way, like yeah. UCF will not quit in this game because no, they want to. No. They want to upset have, Florida, um, right? If yeah. Florida's if 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 Florida if their buy-in isn't all the way there, then who knows? You know, yeah. like who you know? I did all, um, the, all the guys opting out, and again, you can't go to Richardson if if Emory struggles. So, like, what right. do you do? Right. Um, I did do, I did a spaces last night for the Gator collective and there were some players on there. And I will tell you the guys that did talk seem all in and they, um, you know, they, we took some questions from fans and there were some people that were asking uh, what this game meant to them or if it carried any weight for them. And, and I really was impressed with the answers guys saying that, you know, they felt like this was 
a chance to actually claim the state title because it, it's pretty rare to, I mean, and we didn't play Miami, but y'all beat Miami and we beat Florida state. So beating UCF would so be the transitive um, state title, the transitive, right. The transitive state, it kind transitive of looks like transitive national titles too. Oh. Um, but I, it, I was impressed with, at the very least, the rhetoric, right? We'll see if that translates onto the field tomorrow night. You liked their coach speak is what you're saying. I liked their coach <laughs> speak. I liked the coach speak. Um, and you know what? These guys would be smart to play their butts off because they are auditioning for their next jobs, whether that's at Florida or, you know, wherever they happen to, to land in the transfer portal. So it would be smart to get another good game on, on film. But this whole thing makes me a little bit uneasy, not going to lie. Yeah, no, I um, I really have no, I don't have a great feeling on um, which way this game goes, right? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know how anyone would be confident one way or the other. Yeah. Um, because again, it comes down so much to me to quarterback play. Yeah. You know, can can Florida get just average quarterback play? Probably win. Quarterback play. Yeah. Should if get not, the job done, but if if not, and you know, best of luck to Emory going forward. I was big on Absolutely. the Emory high because I really wanted you guys to start him for for years, and so I finally got my wish, and you see what happened. But uh, yeah, I, I more often than not, you know, his his quarterback play down the stretch has not been great, and so that's right. kind of you know what probably right. worries you if if you're a Florida fan is can yeah. he you know well, throw well not enough. only and, does his play worry you but the fact that there isn't an out right if he plays poorly in other games at the very least you knew that there was another option there and that option's gone right now anthony richardson had um some off-season surgery that he needed to have some just like maintenance work he's going to be totally fine but he's not available for this right so it doesn't if he starts to struggle he's still your guy yeah so we'll see um I think I'd probably give the edge to Florida here just because, you know, most of the time I'll just take a, a team that's deeper and more talented, but I honestly have no good lean on this. I like, um, I do like, um, UCF to cover the spread. I think it's within a touchdown either way. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I think I like Florida to win this, but I mean, uh, bulls are such a crapshoot at this point. Like, you know, the only bulls that I don't think are a crapshoot are, um, the playoffs, right? Like yeah. th- those are like, yeah, you know that Michigan and Georgia are going to show want to be right? there. You know yep. that Cincinnati is going to give it their all, right? Like, yeah, probably won't win, but like, you, you know that those are at least going to happen. So, right, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Um, obviously, as we get a little bit closer, we can talk about the playoff a little bit next week. Um, yeah, when we get into that for sure. Uh, we took a couple of weeks off, had some kind of crazy, crazy weeks, and I was sick one week and. And Allie just hated me last week. And so here we are um, two weeks later. But it was a slow, it was a slow time. Went a lot going on. So it's all good. Yeah. Well, um, there's a lot of a lot of recruiting going on, but that's generally not something we talk too much uh, about in this, basically because we don't actually care until you get to the field and give me something to to look at against uh, you know, college opponents, essentially. Yeah, about like the week or two before, not like when there's a massive, you know commit or massive you know like you know the big name guys in the class but you know typically about the week before like a week or two before signing day i start to like oh okay what's this guy's name what's that guy yeah i mean i follow it on signing day because i covered it for years um 
So there's a little bit of it that's still kind of in my blood. And I, I, you know, love what signing day means to, for all of these kids. I just kind of uh, laugh at, you know, middle-aged men fawning over 17 year old guys who I may or may live. not. Let them what? live. Let them, let them live. live. Yeah. I think the thing that's me the most. Brother, me and your brother fawn over 17 year old whiskey. That's true. You He's guys so do do that. It's all the same. It's just kind of like. I think the thing that drives me nuts is the, oh, well, we signed so-and-so and he's going to start immediately. We literally say that every year about every top guy. And like everybody forgets about the stable of top guys that are already at that program who next man up doesn't mean that you're, you know, brand new freshman recruit is some sort of failure because he doesn't start immediately. In theory, they're all supposed to be like that. Right. Um, but I don't know y'all had a little bit of heartbreak on recruiting. Uh, on yeah, I was going to say, day, if there though. was, if there was one guy that was going to start um, day one, it was it was definitely somebody that was committed to FSU and then ended up um, elsewhere. Yeah, Florida State. Obviously, I mean, not not breaking news here. No. If, if you're listening or watching this, you know about this. But yeah, Travis Hunter to to Jackson State to go play for Dion. Um, you know, fan base completely blindsided. You know, it was a kid that again, it, it doesn't really matter until pen hits paper. But uh, sure a kid that was committed for a little over a year and a half um, was really the um, catalyst behind Florida state's, you know, good to, you know, above average recruiting class that they've got right now was literally, literally came up with the slogan that is on was on every single recruit and commit and, uh, you know, when we tweeted out like, oh, this person signed, it, it said hashtag platinum squad, like literally came up with that. And again, was a was a big reason that Florida State had some success in recruiting um, right. this year. And uh, yeah, chose to flip at the last minute to go to Jackson State, very likely encouraged by quite a bit of cash that's coming his way through some NIL deals. Um which the technically is are, still illegal, right? Because you're not supposed to have anything uh, um, lined up prior to correct. signing. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, this know, whole the thing NCAA is, the is toothless, and, right now, yeah, nobody's so, going to do anything. Uh, I, mean, I mean, he was being offered some things Florida State's way too, uh, just yeah. you know, not the not to the same level. And so, anyway, I'm not going to say that was his only decision, but a, a big a big factor in why he ended up there. Um, at the end of the day, I mean, it absolutely sucks because he would have been – he would have been the – I'm trying to think, and I'm not trying to disrespect any other players on the, on the team, but he'd have been the most talented player on the field uh, or on Florida State's team, you know, week one, without a doubt. And he probably would have been – I'm not going to say the best. That's a huge statement. Talented. Yeah, just straight talent? No, I mean, I don't but think how that's how do you even crazy. really compare that? Um, yeah, I think talent and, um, you know, kind of where – like talent and like skill are different, right? Like skill yeah, is like learned sure. and talent yeah. is just innate. I mean, he's the high, he's a top 10 rated recruit of all time. So like, yeah. I just kind of like mean like athletic freak, sure. you know, more athletic, more talented than anybody else. But yeah, I'm not going to say he'd be the best player on FSU's team next sure. year, you know, but certainly the most talented, probably with the exception of like, maybe somebody on Clemson or LSU or maybe Florida, probably the most talented young raw talent, probably the most talented player that would be on a field anywhere 
next Alabama year. Alabama probably uh, has something. I, no, to no, say I'm sorry that, that we would play against. That you would play. Okay. okay. Yeah. So like in all 12 games, probably the most talented player on the field for all of them. Now that doesn't mean he's the best, right? There's a difference mm-hmm. between talent and you know, but yeah, yeah like a, just a massive loss for Florida State. Um, a loss that I think that worries Your me. Your fan base did not take well. I mean, I don't think anybody would have. You know, well, to, but here's the that. thing about recruiting, right? Like, I, it sucks, right? You have this guy that you think you've had. You've had him for, like, well, almost two years or whatever, and you, uh, you're you blindsided by it. But at the end of the day, I do think it's important that everybody remembers we're talking about this guy's future, right? He gets to decide his future. And whether or not it's a good decision for him will, you know, play out over the next three years, and we'll, we'll know uh, – whether it was a good decision or not, but at the end of the day, it's his, it's his life, it's his choice. And so, you know, it is what it is. The kind of oh, like, yeah, and I don't think, I don't that think I saw fans, online. I mean, I didn't so, see um, as much for him as I did for, for Dion. I didn't see people like, yeah, I, mean, I, guess I, didn't, I, didn't, I saw nobody, both, but like, do you think, think Dion should think not every, go up against any Florida state players uh, or Florida state recruits because he played at Florida state and he should give them some sort of, uh, nope, you know, I don't, I, I don't that think that make at any all. Sense at all. No, I don't think that at all. I just think that people are upset when bad things happen to them, and they want an outlet, sure. and they want somebody to blame. You know, sure. I, I don't think that. I don't think really. That, if uh, you're going to blame anybody, you should blame your own coaching staff, right? Yeah, I think there's an aspect of that. I also think that there's an aspect that it did not matter. So here's my couple of thoughts. It did not matter where Travis was committed to the day before signing day. He was going to Jackson State because I talked to Georgia people. Sure. I talked to Georgia people that were also very, very upset that their number was not large enough as well. Sure, right? So, sure. you know, it, so yeah, there's an aspect of that. George is always upset about that there because their number usually is large enough. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't think anybody is thinking like Dion shouldn't have recruited him. I don't think anybody's thinking like, again, I, I think well, people that's not would, what I read would say, on signing day. So, I, think just, I mean, I think they're just mad at him. I don't think yeah. I, I didn't see anybody saying like Dion should not have done his job and done us a favor by not recruiting this kid. I think they're just mad at the way it went down. Right. I think they're mad at, I, I do think that there's a level of, and we'll say this as somebody who tries to be somewhat honest, I yeah, do think there's I a really... level of, I think there's a level of dishonesty yeah. that came into play with Travis Hunter. And I think that because of Barstool and because of prime time and because of those people and the way that they want things to be a big splash, I think yeah. Travis Hunter certainly misled sure the coaching staff uh, yeah, and i think that's and his, like, and his other decision, re- right just own it and, but i right I, and the other he was encouraged by others to keep it to, for it to be a bigger production a big, right and if when it went down sometime before signing day because he didn't wake sure. up and just decide right, on decide signing, I'm you know when he's years. doing interviews and knows that he's going to jackson state and is lying to right. the reporters and lying to the fsu coaching staff and lying to sure. the other recruits that are going on. I do think there's an element of dishonesty that I'm I'm not a huge fan of, but I'm not sitting here like, you know, F Travis Hunter. Now, I will sure. say, I still hate Oregon from the way they beat us in the in the playoff in 2014. So if you don't think that I'm going to be petty about <laughs> this, then you're crazy. Because so like <laughs> I will cheer like if you know, I also understand that like me cheering for or against somebody has no impact on what actually that makes happens. you feel good. So right. It felt great for Dion to get blown out in the on national TV on Saturday when right. they played in that bowl. I right. hope Travis Hunter goes 0-12 next year. He probably won't, 
But I right. hope they never win a game. I, but I'm petty. Like, that's fine. Like, you cheer against FSU. I cheer against Florida. I hate Oregon State. I actually was, cheer for Florida State when they're not playing you're so Florida. You're so crap. Get out of here. I hey, I don't against, cry when they I, lose. It had, been, it had been seven years since we played. Schedule. It had been seven years since we played Oregon in the mm-hmm. Rose Bowl. And I was very happy when Utah beat their brains in the other day. Like, I just still don't Listen, like that team. So, like, don't think that I'm not going to be petty about I still cheer for Texas because they did us a favor and beat Nebraska in 1996. And I was 12 years old. So, I get it. All right? I get so it. So, I'm not – yeah. So And also, I mean, Ohio State Dion. and Joe Germain, who beat Arizona State that same year in the, in the Rose Bowl. I don't hate Dion. I don't hate Travis Hunter. I think they both did what was best for them. I do sure. think the aspect of dishonesty – hurt us more because we didn't have a plan B not that you have a plan B for the number one player in the country but we didn't have a plan B because we were still well and who knows who else you missed out on because that spot was taken right so anyway not a huge fan of that but at the end of the day if that's your biggest complaint is that a kid you know know kids a lot if if your biggest complaint is that a 17 18 year old kid's a liar then you know most of them are so go ahead my biggest complaint is I think early signing day is absurd. I like I think it. It's stupid. I know it's it's. I awful. like early signing day. I think day. it needs to get pushed back. Early to the signing day. Date. Early signing day rewards coaches. It rewards programs that are good at multitasking. That, no, it rewards programs that have stability. Yeah. And if you hired a new coach or fired yeah. a coach or whatever, yeah. or you couldn't hold on to a coach, right? It hurts the, for sure. Your program suffers from that. And so yeah. that is something that I think programs should have to factor in is yeah. like, hey, if we're going to fire this, early signing day rewards programs with stability. Florida State wasn't even good this year. They went five and seven. They lost to Jacksonville State. And they still are going to finish with a better class than either hey, one of Hey, Florida State get a call from the Gator Bowl? I hope not. <laughs> and I don't think we would accept it anyway. Yeah. Um, so, supposedly there's a big push for Illinois happening right now. But for those yeah. of you that Florida haven't State seen hasn't, the story yet, uh, Texas State hasn't A&M, practiced. In... Well, no. I mean, nobody that's not bowl eligible has practiced. But right. Texas so why A&M you... is out of the Gator Bowl because uh, they have too many COVID positives. So they're looking for currently an opponent for Wake Forest. I'm not advocating for Florida State to go there. We already saw Wake Forest, Florida State I, this year. I don't, I don't know that we need to see it again. I don't think but... anyone – I don't think anyone – Supposedly they're looking for a waiver for a team that's already played in a bowl game. I don't think Florida would do it, but a team like Florida, honestly, it would be a great opportunity for UCF. A team who, so the the Gator Bowl happens eight days after the Gasparilla Bowl, right? You've already been practicing. You, for UCF, it's another national stage, right? It's a power five opponent. You think UCF should go play them? I think it would be a great opportunity for UCF. I don't know, but he asked me and I, uh, you know, I don't know that they're getting a call, but I think it would be an awesome opportunity for UCF um, to go get to play uh, an ACC opponent. It's not far, right? They've already been practicing. It's a nice payday um, for them. I'm sure they could probably finagle maybe a larger payday than it would normally be because they'd be doing the Gator Bowl a favor. I think it would be an, an interesting matchup, right? That's interesting. Um, yeah, I, think I don't they get think it would be a bad I mean, I don't think it would be a bad move for UCF. I don't think it makes sense for Florida because of the coaching transition. And I think they're just ready. The, the new staff's probably just ready for the old staff to all the way be out the door and to be able to start working on uh, next year, try and shore up a couple kids in this class. So, like, I don't know that for Florida it makes sense. But for a team like UCF, it really does. 
and it would need to be an opponent that either already played or is playing in the next day or two to have enough time to prepare for the next opponent. So, I mean, I don't know. Throwing UCF's name in the hat there, I think that would be a fun fun one. Yeah. I don't think anyone that hasn't practiced for the last three weeks. They're not, which is why you have to take somebody who's already in a bowl, right? Which is why that waiver has to happen. First of all, most teams don't care, right? Like if you finished five and seven or worse, your season was probably a disappointment. Yeah, but if and, you're getting a you, couple million dollar payout, your program might I care. See, I don't even know about that because I also worry about player safety. Like yeah. if these guys haven't practiced together for three and a half weeks, they've gone home, they've gotten fat, they've gotten out of but shape, they've gotten lazy. It has to be somebody who's already playing in a ball. Right. It has to be somebody no, already practicing. Yeah, my point is, yeah, be... that's my point on the five and seven teams is that right. that are right. I Like I just that. don't think it – I don't think it makes sense for Florida State. I don't think it makes sense for anyone that's been off for the last several weeks because I, I just don't think that's I get. A, I totally agree. I don't. I think that's a safety issue. Yeah. Um, you can't have guys not be around for three weeks and then just all of a sudden go suit them up. Um, right. All right. What you got next? Um, I don't know. I mean, we we talked about recruiting. We talked about this this What's uh, recruiting. Bowl game. What's what is recruiting? No, um, I just crazy that we went to recruiting. Um, okay, all right. So we'll talk about the playoff real quick and then go. Yeah. Georgia and Michigan, Alabama and Cincinnati. Georgia's a like eight-ish point favorite, mm-hmm. and Alabama's like a thirteen and a half point favorite. Um, the Georgia what, spread is a lot for me. Um, I think Georgia Michigan is obviously going to be the better of the two games between those two. I think that. Um, I think, you know, it's going to take every single thing in Georgia to uh, beat Michigan. I think that that is going to be a very close game. I think it's going to come down to uh, defense. I am really pumped to see that game. I think that Alabama absolutely manhandles Cincinnati, though. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think that is probably the case. Yeah, I think Michigan's interesting. I I think that... um... I think the reason that that spread is like a touchdown or uh, I just looked it up seven and a half here. It's eight in other places. Um, what we have seen from big 10 teams in mm-hmm. the, uh, in the playoff has not been, it's not always been great. Urban obviously won it the one year, but you know, you look at Alabama blowing Ohio state out last year. just, when the sec goes up against the big 10, it doesn't typically work out really, really well right. for the Big Ten. Right, and, right. And there's just – I think Michigan's obviously good. They're 12-1. and one. I mean, obviously you're not going to think that they're bad. No, they're teams. a good team. This is the best Michigan but, team we've seen in a long time. Long time. But there's just – there's a big difference between Alabama and Michigan. And, yeah. I, you know, I, do you expect Georgia to win? Um, I think Georgia <sighs> – this is really hard, honestly. Um, I think Georgia wins. I think it's closer than the spread. Yeah. When you when your only loss is an embarrassing loss to, to Alabama. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Georgia's really good, right? Like, they are a really good football team. Their defense, I think, has only given up over 150 yards, like, one time this year, and that was Florida. Um, Michigan does have a better rushing offense than Florida had. So, I mean, that that will be maybe the key battle that you look at right there. Um, but it, I don't seven and a half, eight feels like a lot to me. Yeah. I also thought like, and Alabama made the plays. I'm not going to sit here and say that the game was closer than it looked, but I do think for a large portion of the game, the 
Alabama Georgia game was closer than it looked. Um, you know, Alabama, it was a one score game at the half and Alabama came out and scored to start the second half to make it two scores. And Georgia drove down inside of the red zone and threw an interception. And so it's like right. they moved the ball on Alabama pretty well there. Right. Um, they then threw, forced a three and out and drove the ball down 54 yards yeah. to inside of the red zone again and couldn't yeah. convert on the fourth down. And so like back-to-back drives, driving it down Alabama's throat, they then forced another punt on Alabama and then threw yeah. a pick six. And so I think that the breaks definitely went Alabama's way. Now Alabama made the play. Don't, don't sure. get me wrong. But I think that, you know, you get stopped on two fourth downs inside the red zone. You throw right. a pick six. If, if two of those plays go the other way, it's a different game. It's it's much, much different, right? right. Georgia's got like the two score lead. So right. I think that they, Alabama made the big plays when they had to be made. They were the better team without a doubt. I think that Georgia's still, I mean, Georgia put up 450 yards on Alabama. Yeah. Like they yeah. weren't bad by any means. I think that, you know, they lost the turnover battle two to nothing. They got yeah. stopped on a couple of fourth downs. I mean, they literally had – they really lost the turnover battle four to nothing, right? Right. They got stopped on two fourth downs. They got stopped – they had two two interceptions. Yeah. So, you can't lose a turnover battle against Alabama four nothing. But no. they still put up 450 yards on Alabama. I mean, you can't – I would be – you can't lose a turnover battle in the playoffs regardless of who your opponent is, I don't think. I mean, sure. I think that these teams are going to be too evenly matched for that to be a case. I'm interested to see Michigan's offensive line is – um you know, uh, some, a unit of strength for them, something I feel like we've heard a lot about. But Georgia's defensive line is really, really good. And this is going to be the best defensive line that Michigan has faced this this year, for sure. Um, so that'll be an interesting kind of matchup to watch. And then, uh, you know, whatever. I guess that's kind of tied into Michigan's running game, which is something else that I'm interested in seeing. But I, I think that this will be a really good game. I think that Georgia... Uh, is more battle tested. I think that Georgia has better Jimmy's and Joe's, um, you know, Harbaugh's a great coach. So I don't think that there's necessarily like a game day coaching edge between he and Kirby, but there is a Jimmy's and Joe's edge um, for Georgia. But I think that this will be a fun one. And I like, this is a matchup that we like, you know, we've probably seen it in an outback ball sometime in the last 10 years, but we, I mean, it's not something we see on a regular basis. Um, so I'm excited about that, but this is going to be the better of the two playoff games. Yeah, without a doubt. And I hope, uh, yeah, the last time that these two played was 1965. Oh, shoot. Um, okay, so we haven't seen him in the Outback Bowl in the last 10 years. That's crazy because these two – That's because Georgia's either conference. really, really – yeah, Georgia's either really, really good or really bad. Like, they're yeah. either missing a bowl or making the playoff, right, like the last <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, like, they're, they're either – I mean, like, Rick won 10 games a lot. Michigan wasn't yeah. good in the early 2000s, so yeah. – um, we played yeah. Michigan in the Outback Bowl a lot in the early 2000s, so I just kind of really figured that if we weren't yeah. there, Georgia did, but we played Michigan and Iowa a lot, a lot. So, um, yeah, I mean, and I hope the other game can be somewhat good, like it'd be cool mm -hmm. if, if that game was somewhat competitive, just so that we don't have to watch you know bad football for yeah three hours leading up to it. It's also, yeah. I understand why they did this, but I wish the Georgia Michigan game was the early game yeah. so that, you know, you can maybe get together for it or, right. you know, but like the night game when you're trying to get into new year's Eve is the right. better one. And that's I'm telling you, ah, whatever. 
So I don't know. Yeah, I don't think Cincinnati has a prayer there. Um, no. ESPN gives them a 28% chance to win the game. I think that's high. I, I think, think they have like a too. 10%. Like game happens 10 times, you win one. Yeah. You know? And that's because, you know, and uh, Alabama implodes. Generous, honestly. Yeah. I will say like Alabama is definitely a weird team. You know, they, they really should have lost to Auburn. Um, yeah. You know, and – yeah, but sometimes at one at one point Auburn had a ninety nine point nine percent chance of winning. Yeah. Alabama had the ball inside their own ten, yeah. um, with not a lot of time left, and you know Auburn certainly blew that. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I think that that's kind of one that um, you kind of look at and you're like, man, I wonder. Uh, I. I I think Alabama. So I think this is the worst Alabama team we've seen in potentially a decade, right? That doesn't mean that they're not the best team in the country or close to it, but this is the worst Alabama team. If there was a chance for Alabama to get upset in the semifinals, this is the year compared to what we've seen in previous years, compared to the team they've put forth in previous years. They're also without um, John Menchie who uh, is out with an injury. That's a huge loss for them. That is, uh, you know, probably their best offensive weapon. So, uh, you know, that helps. I think Luke Fickle is probably Cincinnati's best um, weapon against Alabama. This is a guy that is familiar with, with Saban and with Alabama from his time at Ohio State. I think that that is um, a huge help. I think these Cincinnati players have no idea what they're about to be on the field with, though. And I don't know that there is a way to prepare them uh, beforehand. I yeah. just think being I, on the field with Alabama is kind of a different world. Yeah, I, I think that um, Alabama's been weird this year. You know, mm-hmm. they played down at, at yeah. times. So, and that's teams a, without a pulse. They they barely yeah. they barely end up beating Florida. Uh, have to hold on in that, which, you know, I know at that time of the year we thought Florida was good, but right. obviously they weren't. Um, right. You know, they lose to Texas A&M. They only beat LSU by one score. They only beat Arkansas by one score. They, they only play beat Auburn by one their score. Opponent, uh, yeah, I mean, and, then, they, and then they go to play Georgia and, like, look like world beaters, right? And again, so I think, think that Georgia Cincinnati game was – falls in those opponents, though, close game? I mean, I understand that they made the playoffs because they beat the teams that they needed to beat on their schedule. But if uh, I think let's... Cincinnati's better than Florida, I think mm-hmm. that they're better than um, – they're probably on the same level as Arkansas. They're probably better than Auburn. They're not as good – they're not – See, I think LSU is probably a tad better just from like a talent perspective. But I mean, oh, you they're not as good as a We didn't think that when we talked about North Carolina at the beginning of the year. I mean, I think Cincinnati is better than North Carolina. No, I'm not. I'm not shy about saying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know that. I, I think I'd still take uh, North Carolina just for what it's worth. Over LSU? What were their records this year? Let's take a look at this. I think North Carolina is six and six. And I think LSU is six and record. six too. We'll see who yeah, wins their bowl to settle is, this. Is six and six <laughs> is six and six in the SEC the same thing as six and six in the ACC? I mean, how many? I mean, we're about to see because North Carolina plays South Carolina, South Carolina. AC, an mm-hmm. SEC team. So mm-hmm. we're gonna find out. Um, I have to look at the actual schedule. Who did LSU? I don't know who LSU played this year. They played Florida. Know that they played Texas A&M. That's they not, played. Out- that's not. That's not an impressive win. Beating Florida is not an impressive win. Well, you know um, they played uh, Texas A&M. You know they played Alabama. You know they played Arkansas. They lost to Bama. Um, lost right, to but Bama. I'm they're six and six. They lost to a lot of teams. I'm just you say you got to see who the schedule is. I mean, 
they, I think I got I think I got uh, North Carolina by two points on a neutral field. You're so stupid. Uh, Kansas State, Kansas State uh, is who they play. They lost to UCLA, um, lost to Auburn, lost to Kentucky, lost to Mississippi, lost to Alabama, lost to Arkansas. Wins against ULM, not impressive. Uh, Central Michigan, not impressive. McNeese State, not impressive. Uh, and then the other three wins, uh, Florida, not impressive. Um, Mississippi State, is that an impressive win? Uh, then their one good win this year was Texas A&M. So I don't know. I don't. I don't know that LSU is great. I mean, I don't. They might be better than North Carolina. I don't know one way or the other. But LSU didn't beat anybody with a pulse besides Texas A and M last game of the year. Who was playing a backup quarterback? LSU so. would kill North Carolina. Just LSU did not kill anyone this year, including mm-hmm. Central Michigan. So yeah, I, I don't know well. that they would kill North Carolina, but they may okay. beat them. They'd beat them. Okay. Um, but I don't know how anybody would say that they would kill them. I, it is going to be funny when North Carolina finishes seven and six and LSU six and seven, and I can hold mm-hmm. it over your head forever. Um, all right, you got anything else before we get out of here? I don't think so. I think that's about it. Excited for this game tomorrow night. Too bad, you know, we all have kids, so we can't watch it together. But um, just leave the kids at home and come over. Yeah, my oldest are not old enough to do that just yet. A few years away. You guys have a gated, guys have a gated community. Yeah, like an actual gated community to get into Allie's house. They literally like there's a guard there that will not let you in unless you're either on the list or they call ahead. So like, it's like the safest community ever. Yeah, well, I'm not really worried about from the it's, outside it's, getting it's called, in. It's called Avala for those that <laughs> want to know where Allie lives. It's more about <laughs> the burning of the house down that would happen from the inside as oh, opposed go, to go once they go to bed. You'd be fine. No. no um, <laughs> All right, we'll come back next week. We'll do this again. We certainly need a recap of this big UCF win that's coming tomorrow night. Uh, oh, we didn't make a prediction. Make a score prediction. I, I'm going to give two. So I can't be wrong. <laughs> okay. Because Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde is playing quarterback, it's very difficult to know um, what's going to happen for UF. Emory plays well. Florida wins 31, uh, 27 to 24. Uh, Emory doesn't play well, and UCF wins 31 to 20. All right. Well, I predicted 24-21 Florida. Um, but, yeah. yeah I'd be surprised if Florida gave up 31 points. The only way Florida gives up 31 really? points is a lot of – to Sanford. I would just be surprised. It would be a lot of interceptions if that uh, – if that happens, but we'll see. Um, I think let me take a look at something real quick. I think complete leaders offensive. Emory Jones is like Emory Jones has given up the third most interceptions in all like he has thrown the third most interceptions in all of college football. Yeah. Um num- number one is Davis Brand from Tulsa. Number two is Sam Hartman from Wake Forest. And then number three is Emory Jones. What's crazy about that is Emory Jones has split a lot, a lot, a lot of reps with Anthony Richardson. And so yeah. for his you know, right. interceptions to be that high, um, like I don't know the exact breakdown of, you know, how many passes each of them have thrown this year. I'm curious now, so I'm I'm going to look it up <laughs> Dude, um, just to kind of see. But there. like – yeah, 
Okay, so number of passes is not a super accurate way to judge this because when Anthony's gone in, like they haven't had him throw the ball. Um, but he split a lot of time with with Anthony Richardson, and so to have like thirteen, to have the third most interceptions in the country is pretty crazy. So yeah, yeah. over under interceptions tomorrow. Mm, over under. So if I say one and a half. Like if he oh, I was going to say oh, uh, over. I'm going to say he has two interceptions. Yeah. If he does, I think that's trouble. I think two yeah. is is trouble. If he can keep it to one or less, then he should be fine. Yeah. Uh, everybody makes one mistake. So, all right. We'll come back next week. We'll recap this. Thanks for those that hung out and watched it. Thanks if you listened later. Um, until next time, we'll talk about FSU some more. Go Nose. And Merry Christmas. Oh yeah, Merry Christmas. We didn't talk about we'll talk about Christmas on the next one. I forgot about that. Merry Christmas and go Knowles. That from Alley Peak. Very good. <laughs>